Welcome to Gapology Radio Podcast with authors Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found at amazon.com. Hello and welcome to the Gapology Radio Podcast. I'm your host Brian Brockhoff and this is where you'll find the freshest thoughts on Gapology and how it can help your leadership world. Mark Tinas is standing by ready to share his latest learnings, his latest thoughts with us. So let's give him a call. Hey, good morning. Hey, Mark. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Where in the world are you this week? Uh, Down in one of my favorite places, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, fun. You getting out to see any uh, good musicians? Uh, Absolutely. They're everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they're at the airport even, aren't they? They're everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Very cool. Well, tell Tim McGraw I said hi. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let Faith know as well. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, even better. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I got a question for you. So something that came up this week um, is around the frustrations that leaders have on having to retrain their teams over and over again. Why, why do you think that teams are not retaining the things that they learn in training sessions? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think there's a total overestimation of what they did learn. Uh, okay. leader, leaders and trainers fool themselves. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I was recently in a meeting where the leaders were very frustrated about the lack of execution they saw out in the field based on the direction they'd given. And when we explored it a little bit, we found out that they had communicated via conference call what they thought to be very clear direction. But it sort of stopped right there. Communication. They had communicated what they wanted. That isn't how you get to great execution. Really? You mean so, if uh, if you tell somebody to do something, they should just do it? <laughs> that is the assumption <laughs> out there. And, and you know what? what is really complicating this issue is more and more people work remotely today. More and more people just work from home. And when you're not side by side with someone in an office, you make assumptions about what they know and what they do. You make assumptions about habits they may have or or may not have. And it's a big gap. It's a big gap. Yeah, so how do you uh, validate learning and and skills? Well, in in Gapology, um, on page 47, we we show a visual of of what we call the habit ladder. And it was something that uh, we designed for Gapology to close gaps. But we didn't create it. We found it. We found it in, in winning leaders. If, if you step back and look at Gapology from a distance, it was really about what's the difference between top performers and bottom performers? And we studied extensively the habits of top performing leaders. Why does this group constantly outperform the rest? And in there, through pieces and parts, we found the habit ladder. And the habit ladder is an amazing tool that leaders, trainers, uh, everyone can use to create habit. And it will help you avoid what you just described earlier, this, uh, you know, this misperception that my team knows how to do it. And it, it, it's really a game changer. Okay, can I walk you through it? Yeah, yeah, take us through the steps. Yeah, so the habit ladder and achieving habit is a process 
It doesn't just happen. So when you see a well-oiled machine, when you see a team that is functioning and performing at their best, they have achieved what we would call habit level execution. They are repeating a process over and over again with excellent execution. And that's not easy to come by. And uh, so the habit ladder is designed to simply call out the steps to get there. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. So if, if you as a leader have a process that you need repeated, um, you need to apply the habit ladder to that in order to achieve it, if, if, if that makes sense. And if you ever change a process, that doesn't happen out there today, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like every day, right? Right. Uh, if you ever change a process, you need to come back and apply the habit ladder to the change. You can't live in a world of assumption that, hey, we got it. Hey, we got the email. We were on the conference call. We got it. That's not how it works. Habit is not that simple. So again, if you're a team leader, if you're a training manager, the habit ladder becomes uh, your your best friend. Yes. Um, would you say that the ha- reaching the habit level would require both understanding, so knowledge, and skills, so the ability to be able to do something? Yeah, yeah, and the affirmation that it's being done. So if you were designing a training if you were a training leader and you were designing training for your team, you simply need to use the habit ladder to design the training. At the same time, if you're going to measure training or measure execution, the habit ladder is a great tool to help you find the gaps where uh, habit level, great execution is, is, not, is not happening. Uh, so if you don't have the book, that's fine. Uh, if you want a visual, draw a staircase from a side view with five steps and I'm going to walk walk you through the, the five steps and we call it a ladder because it's a staircase looking thing and and the steps are sequential they start at the bottom and you, and you work your way to the top and at the top you achieve habit so they build upon each other they build upon each other okay. and, and they are sequential and it's important that you that you go in in, in the order, um, and you can repeat it. But uh, they 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 do build one upon another. Uh, to, to your point, so the bottom of the staircase, the first step in essence, is simply communication. Communication. So, if we're implementing a process, we need to tell those that are responsible for for doing it about the process, tell them what it is, etc. Um, unfortunately, in today's fast-paced world, most training actually ends right there, uh, as crazy as it sounds. So there's an assumption that, hey, my team is fantastic, and if I simply tell them about a new process, they will therefore have it implemented You know, today. doesn't work that way doesn't work that way. We, uh, we, did an, we did an exercise in the restaurant world where a restaurant chain wanted gift cards uh, offered when the customer went to, went to check out. 
so waiter or waitress come to the table and at, at the time the, the bill is being paid, they would offer gift cards. And they communicated, they communicated that process, that they wanted gift cards offered at checkout to every customer. Through communicating that process, they achieved a 3% growth in gift cards. Not bad. That's what you get when you communicate. We applied the habit ladder to the same process, changed to 31%. If you stay at the bottom of the ladder, you'll get 3%. If you're happy with that, great. If you want the 31%, you got to work your way to the top. So again, most training just literally stops at communication. Yeah, and a lot of companies would be happy with the 3%. They think, hey, that's a win. Yeah, yeah. So again, as, as leaders, step back and look at how many things have we simply communicated where we have an expectation of excellence in execution. So you'll, you'll find gaps right there. Look at the forms of communication that we're using today. Uh, even if you're going to communicate something, which is the first step of the habit ladder, you've got to communicate it correctly. You may have to communicate it with multiple uh, forms of media. Is a conference call sufficient? Does it need to be backed up with a diagram? Uh, do we need to meet in person? You know, so there's so many different ways to communicate. Step back, take a look. Is, is, your, is your communication even sufficient to achieve habit level execution? So that, that would be my first challenge. So again, that's step one, communication. The second step uh, is critical and it's understanding. So you have to verify that the team that received the communication has an understanding of the process. Uh, in order to achieve habit, we must know that they know. Uh, we must answer their questions. Not everyone learns at the same speed. Not everyone hears the same message. So we need to pause after the communication and verify that there is understanding. One of my favorite methods if I'm in a small group is to simply go around the room individually and answer everyone's question, not wait for volunteers but to turn to everyone, Brian, what can I answer for you? And by doing that, you eliminate those that might try and hide in the room or feel embarrassed if they have a question. Let's answer everybody's questions. Let's bring it out. Often the question asked by the person who wasn't going to ask a question is a significant question that we can all learn from. Yeah, and but, on conference calls, that's, you know, people hide all the time. So they just, they'll mute the, the phone and they'll work on something else and, you know, just kind of halfway pay attention. So that understanding, if you're delivering a message over conference calls, is very difficult, don't you think? No, it's, that's a great point. I mean, people multitask today, you know, continuously. So to assume that they're listening to your message and that your communication is clear is a huge assumption. So one of the ways to overcome that is to simply... Again, verify understanding of everyone. Uh, understanding um, may include testing. Let, let's have a test at the end of the communication and uh, see what the team knows. Let's close those gaps. 
So again, pr- pretty elementary so far. We're going to communicate uh, the process that we expect to be executed at habit level, and we're going to verify understanding. Uh, pretty simple. Lots of gaps in there. Uh, the the other thing that is often underestimated here is the need for repeat communication. So just because I've communicated and verified understanding would not mean that I wouldn't need to repeat that piece of the piece of the habit ladder over and over again. Uh, it's not one size fits all, and it's not one time and done. So uh, take take it easy as you go through those steps. Take it take it slower than faster potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and repetition really drives home the importance. Yeah, re- repetition is critical. Repetition is critical. Any of us can break down things that we do at habit level, things that we're extremely proficient at. If you then step back and look at it about how you actually got to habit level, you'll see repetition was a, was a significant part of that. All right, so we're up to the third step. This step is totally ignored. It does not exist in most rollouts of processes. It doesn't exist in most training, and it is simply agreement. Now, you could substitute the word commitment. Um, The way we're using it in this context, they are the same thing. So we as leaders need to ask for agreement, for commitment to execute the process. You know, Brian, do I have your commitment? Brian, do I have your agreement? Are you all in on this? And it's a request. It's a simple request. Um, But it is absolutely critical. And it is, again, totally, um, totally missed. And it's very powerful. I've stepped back and, and asked why. And my answer to the question why this step is so critical is that it creates a mindset shift in the person agreeing to do it. It's a mindset shift. And that's often what is needed. Often we move from an old process to a new process. And and adults have difficulty changing. So they have difficulty going from the old way to the new way. We as leaders, trainers need to know that. And this step, asking for agreement, asking for commitment, is a significant mindset shift that adults need in order to change their behavior. And I think it matters to the leader as well. You know, you look me in the eye and, and you agreed to implement the new process. That's, that's a big deal. The fourth step. Probably the most important, um, but you can't implement it until we've come through the first three steps. So we have now communicated, we have verified understanding, we have asked for agreement, and now the fourth step is practice. Habits are not formed without practice. So this step also includes feedback. Adults really need feedback. They need to practice something get feedback, and then go do it again. Practice again, get feedback, and go do it again. Learning uh, 
and achieving habit level execution is not one size fits all. I know I said that earlier, but adults learn at different speeds at different rates. The first person to achieve habit level does not mean that they'll be the best at it. It may be the last person that achieves habit level that will actually over time be the best at a specific process. So be patient, practice, and give feedback. Role plays, for example, sort of a uh, forgotten art, really do work, you know, depending on the process you're trying to achieve habit level, and they may apply. Role plays expose the gaps. Role plays instantly show you the level of understanding of the individual and and their ability to execute it. And through role-playing, as an example, you can get better and better and better, but it requires practice and feedback, practice and feedback. Yeah, I love that. You know, the, the feedback piece is, is really so key. Otherwise, uh, you don't know if you're practicing the right things. You could be practicing things that you think are correct, but an outside person observing can a lot of times provide, uh, you know, feedback on things that possibly are, are being missed. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And again, in, in remote work environments where we're not all together in the same room, where we may be doing this over the phone, how are you going to verify practice? How are you going to give feedback? So you need to insert a mechanism to achieve that. You're not going to achieve habit level execution without it. So you have to plan it in to the training, plan it into the rollout of a process change, etc. It is a critical piece. It could be the most critical piece once you, you know, achieve this this fourth uh, fourth step uh, on on the habit ladder. Yeah, and you know something else I've seen is the practice piece never lasts long enough. Um, you know, I, I've seen role play situations where the practice. You know, they do it a couple times. Okay, well, yeah, we're not perfect, but, you know, we have a timeline for this meeting, for this training session, so we got to move on. And and you leave the session where the, the you know, participants really haven't even gotten close to really developing a, a true skill on something. Yeah, now that's so true. And again, I come back to the fact that many times I've seen the person who got to habit level last was the best executor over time. And so we have to get everybody there. We have to get everybody across the finish line, in essence. And it doesn't really matter how quickly they get there. And we need to own that piece. That's a big part of it. Leaders must own that the team achieves habit level. You can't just say they own it. You have to own it. That's your point, really, is that the practice and feedback piece must be equal to achieving habit level. So the final, uh, the final step on the, on the staircase is, is habit. It's, uh, it's somewhat of a destination. It needs to be reinforced all the time. We have seen some incredible tools developed around this and I want to share, uh, I want to share one of them here. So picture a poster with the habit ladder on it for a given process. You take this poster, which shows the five steps, and you, you take the individuals who are expected to achieve habit level or the teams that are expected to achieve habit level, 
and you put their name on a sticky dot and you simply as a leader put them on the habit ladder as to where they're at and the objective would be for you as a leader to over time move them you know up to habit level and again it, it may be over time it may not be an instantaneous thing we we've had some great experience with this with this poster i know it sounds simple and sort of dumb but it works one meeting the leader had to get up and place their own sticky dot on the habit ladder as to where their team was with a with a rollout of a specific process and it became a significant uh, conversation and just the fact that they knew the next monday they were going to have to get up and again move their sticky dot to the new location well we're sort of in the practice and feedback stage now um made them own it and it made them look at it and made them use the habit ladder they memorized it and it affected them ongoing the sticky dot it was, yeah. it's an amazing thing <laughs> sounds so simple do it digitally you know but it, it works i can mm-hmm. tell you that yeah you know it's interesting that something that you said so you know the habit ladder is really tied to specific tasks specific behaviors that are expected so you could be at really at one level in a specific task like say we use a gift card uh, scenario so you could be at habit level in you know selling gift cards in your store but perhaps you're still around the agreement level in something else like suggesting desserts or appetizers things like that yeah totally so um as a leader you can have multiple posters with sticky dots for each of the you know specific process pieces that you want to achieve habit level it's 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 very effective here's the other thing that's amazing though uh gapology is uh for those of you that don't know is all about identifying and closing gaps in in your team and yourself and in your processes you know and achieving excellent execution the habit ladder is an amazing tool to go back and autopsy a process so we've got a process that's broken down it's not working we're not executing well simply go back to the habit ladder and ask yourself okay did we effectively communicate this process take a look at it did we verify understanding of the team did we ask for their agreement seek their commitment to the process did we adequately practice and give feedback and did we ever achieve habit level execution you will find your gaps right there 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 will likely be multiple gaps and using the habit ladder you can go right back and close them and achieve habit level execution so it's an amazing tool to to identify the gaps in an existing process it's not just about the launch of a new process it's a it's a gap finding tool. Yeah, that's awesome. That is perfect. And Mark, we're uh, we're about out of time here. Any final thoughts? You know, um, I, I I have the great pleasure of, of talking to people that maybe I talked to ten years ago about capology, and uh, I, I can assure you that the habit ladder is one of the things that gets brought up that leaders that I talked to a decade ago are still using today and it, and it impacts their leadership. So 
the habit ladder is the best friend of leaders and trainers, as I've said, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And again, it's page, I think it's page 47 in Gapology 5th Anniversary Edition, and it's an incredible uh, tool. So give us feedback on, on how it's working, and uh, here's to great execution. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Yeah, bye. All right, everybody. That's it from here. Hit that subscribe button to catch all of our future conversations. Also, shoot your questions over to us at gapologist at gmail.com, and we may even read yours on the air. Have a great week. This has been a production of Gapology Institute. Visit us at gapology.org.